In this session, we want to talk about the wisdom of God. God is sovereign. We've established that. God is all-powerful. We've established that from Scripture. If God were not wise, then we would be left with a God who has all power and control, but would misuse it. How important is the attribute of wisdom? That all of God's choices are perfect choices. That God always has the highest end in mind and the best means by which to attain these highest ends. The Bible states in Job 9, verse 4, God is wise in heart. Job 12, verse 13, with Him are wisdom and might. Now think about those two attributes, wisdom and might. By wisdom, He knows what's the best thing to do, the best plan. And with might, He can bring it to pass. If God was wise without being all-powerful, it would just be a good idea, but would not be able to bring it to pass. If He was all-power, but without wisdom, He would misuse His power. But with Him are wisdom and might. He knows what to do, and He's able to bring it to pass. With Him, also it says, belong understanding and discernment. Isaiah 11, verse 2, speaking of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of the Lord will rest on Him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and strength, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Here we see that the third member of the Godhead who possesses wisdom will anoint the second member of the Godhead and bestow wisdom upon His humble human state. Isaiah 55, verse 9, God says, My ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We can never fully understand the wisdom of God except those portions which He has revealed to us. In Romans eleven thirty three, 33, Oh, the depths of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. It is so deep we can never plumb the depths of the inscrutable wisdom of God. Romans 11, 27, God is called the only wise God. There is only one who is wise, and that is God. Colossians 2, verse 3 says, "...of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom are hidden..." all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. They're all in the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, if a person does not know Christ, they do not have one drop of wisdom at all. They're just clever fools. How we need the Lord Jesus Christ and His wisdom. Now, in this session, I want to have two main headings. The definition of wisdom and then the displays of wisdom. Let's consider first the definition of wisdom. Uh, What is wisdom? Well, God is all-wise, and that means that His choices always pursue the highest end. When we say the highest end, we mean the greatest good, the highest purpose. Wisdom always chooses the highest end. But second, along with that, the best means by which to arrive at the highest 
end. These highest goals or the highest end is always the glory of God and the good of His people. And they are never at conflict. God is doing all things to promote His own glory. He is so wise. Romans eleven thirty six. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. God is passionate about His own glory. God is purposeful to magnify His name and His own glory above all. And that is what God is about in the world, setting forth His own glory. Romans 16, 27, To the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be the glory forever. Wisdom and glory are often related because the highest end of wisdom is the glory of God. Would you make wise choices in your life? The wisest choice is always what will most glorify God, what will most magnify Him. That is always the fundamental issue in decision-making in the Christian life, especially in those areas where there's not a verse that directly speaks to what is before us. We should say, what will most glorify and honor God? And when God is most glorified, He also brings greatest good to His people. So, what is the wisdom of God? It is that God always chooses the highest end and the best means to attain that highest end. That is His wisdom. Now, where is this wisdom seen? I said the dimensions of wisdom, really the display of wisdom. There are three main categories now that I want you to think about on the display of God's wisdom, where we see God's wisdom clearly evident. And the first would be His wisdom in creation. Think about the wisdom of God in creating this world. The sheer genius of God put on display in this world. As God has created everything in this world, it is the highest end and the best means towards that. That highest end is the glory of God. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, the heavens declare what? The glory of God. God's wisdom in creation is the pursuit and the magnification of His own glory, that His greatness would be seen, His his grandeur would be put on display in the works of His hands. John Calvin has said the entire universe is a theater to showcase the glory of God. And Romans 1 verse 20 says, "...since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made." So, God's highest end in creation is to showcase His greatness and His grandeur. Now, He's chosen the best means to that end. One, by the way with which God has created, He has chosen to create not by a big bang in outer space, not by a a pulsating universe 
What would bring greatest glory to God in the way by which He would bring about creation? What would most showcase His power and His awesomeness and His wisdom? It would be simply for God to say, let there be light, and there would be light. And on six consecutive days, God, with perfect order and design, with inscrutable wisdom, for God to immediately and instantaneously create everything out of nothing. Oh, that brings greatest glory to God, and it is the wisdom of God that it has been done this way. Think about as God has made creation, His wisdom that is seen. Just take the globe on which you and I live, planet Earth. How? It is tilted at just the right angle that it would rotate and spin at just the right speed, that it would be in an orbit in its path around the sun just right, that it would have just the right distance to the sun. If we were any closer, we would burn up. If we were any further away, we would freeze to death. How God has balanced out the height of the mountains and the depths of the ocean so that as the earth is spinning, it spins not like a beach ball that is out of center and wobbles off to the side, but that it spins with perfect balance and precision. Think of the wisdom of God, how He just hangs the earth in space. They used to think it was on the back of Atlas or on the back of an elephant or something like that. But the sheer genius and the wisdom of God is so clearly seen in the way with which He has made this world. The beauty, the diversity in the animal kingdom, in the regions, in the weather. Think of the wisdom of God. Only God could have established this. Read the end of the book of Job. Listen to God say to Job, where were you when we created the world together? I can't seem to remember where you were. As, as Job was calling into account God's management of his life. No, the God of perfect wisdom to manage our lives is the same God with perfect wisdom that has made the world as it is. And he goes on to say how God established the shoreline just at the exact place, the beach, the meeting of the land and the ocean, exactly as God has laid it out. How in God's perfect wisdom, how God can, can make, as it were, almost a refrigerator up in midair and the snow and the ice just come falling down out of thin air. How the rivers continue to flow into the ocean and then God pulls it up with evaporation into a cloud and God just blows on that cloud and the wind takes it back over the land and it builds up and builds up with its humidity until finally it just drops that water back down onto the dry land and then it flows back down into creeks and into streams and into rivers and empties back into the ocean. Talk about the wisdom and the genius of God, the changing of the seasons, the harvest, the planting of the seeds, the wisdom of God in creation. Second, the wisdom of God in providence. How God is with the affairs of providence, He has the highest end in mind, His glory, 
and He chooses the best path for us to providentially be ushered along by in order to reach that highest end. All God's choices are are made with perfect wisdom. His timing is perfect in our lives. Think about the wisdom of God, the time in history when He had you born, uh, the place on the map where you were born, who your parents would be, what would be that passing down of a genetic structure and and influences that would be inbred in you, uh, the region in which you grew up, the, the people around you, the teachers, the friends, all of this under the, the wisdom of God's design and for the greatest purpose, to bring about His own glory such that whether we eat or drink, we would do all for the glory of God. This is all according to the perfect wisdom of God. Even the trials in our life come under the scrutiny of His sovereignty and have the the perfect wisdom of God knowing exactly what would be needed in our lives at times to humble us, to, to prune us, to deepen our faith, to nurture us, to develop us, to wean us off of the world, to draw us closer to Himself, to conform us more into the image of Christ. God, with perfect wisdom, using not only trials and adversities, but but even Satan and his demons for a good purpose in our lives to bring about the greatest good, which would be to conform us into the image of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I think of Genesis 50 and verse 20 at the end of Joseph's life. Think about all that Joseph went through, sold into slavery by his brothers, taken down to Egypt, abandoned, forsaken, working his way up, Potiphar's wife making advances, his running away, suffering unjustly, being thrown into prison, being released, working his way up to the top. All of that adversity, all of that difficulty. And yet at the end we read, They meant it for evil. God meant it for good. God is so wise that He can even draw a straight line with a crooked stick. God can use even evil and adversity and trials to bring about the greatest good in our lives. Look at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was crucified according to the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. That was God's design. That was God's purpose. Yet, it was the first degree premeditated murder of the second member of the Godhead, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. It was the greatest evil that has ever occurred on planet earth. God had only one Son. He was a perfect Son and sent Him into the world that He might seek and save that which is lost. And this world rose up in an evil conspiracy and called for His crucifixion and nailed Him to a cross. It was blasphemous. It was sinful. And yet it was the eternal sovereign counsel of God to bring about His perfect plan of salvation. How wise is God? 
to be able, as Romans 8 verse 28 says, to cause all things to work together for good. These lines intersect far above our heads, but they nevertheless bring great comfort to our hearts to know that nothing just happens, that everything is according to a master plan and purpose that God has for our lives. The wisdom of God in providence. Even the mere fact that He has brought us together for this class today, as we have come from all different backgrounds. We, we have people here even from across the Atlantic Ocean, and people have come from across the Gulf of Mexico. We have people here in this room from different continents. And as we come together, nevertheless, in God's wisdom, there is a great purpose and a great plan for our being here. And it is the glorification of His name through the teaching of His attributes but also for the good of His people, that we would be built up and encouraged. How good our God is to be working such wise and perfect paths in our lives. But the greatest area of wisdom is not in creation and not even in providence as extraordinary as that is. The greatest display of divine wisdom that this world has ever seen or ever will see is in salvation, is in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not simply in the providence by which Jesus was crucified, of which I just spoke a minute ago, but in the power of that cross to save sinners. Only God could have designed the plan of salvation. If we were to meet in this room for the next 10,000 years, we could never come up with a more brilliant, stunning, yet simple, yet profound plan of salvation that God the Father would commission the second person of the Godhead the eternal Son of the living God, to be born of a virgin? What kind of wisdom is this? That He would enter the human race yet without a sin nature? That He would be in His mother's womb for nine months? He would be born under the law, the very law that you and I break again and again and again and find ourselves under the curse of that law? He Himself, born under that law, yet has obeyed it perfectly throughout the entirety of his life, that he might give to all who believe in him his perfect active obedience to be imputed to our account as though we ourselves have lived perfectly under the law for the entirety of our lives, that His righteousness and His obedience would be imputed to us as though we have lived in perfect obedience to this law, yet what is more, that he would be condemned before Pilate, he would be sentenced to death upon a cross, that cross being the most shameful, horrific death that anyone could ever suffer, that he would go to that cross, the Prince of Life, the Lord Jesus Christ, 
He would be lifted up upon that cross. And Him who knew no sin, God made to be sin for us. What genius of God, what wisdom of God, that all of our sins who believe upon Christ would be transferred to Him and that He would bear our sins in His body upon that tree, that He would become a curse for us upon that cross, that He would shed His blood and in the shedding of that blood wash away all of our sins to be our scapegoat. Our sins laid upon Him and He would be the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. And upon that cross having paid in full the sin debt of all those for whom He died, He would cry out, it is finished, paid in full. He would be taken down off of that cross, placed in a borrowed tomb, and on the third day, God would raise Him from the dead. He would walk out of that tomb, a risen, living, victorious Savior, Forty days later, he would ascend back to heaven, be enthroned at the right hand of God the Father, all authority in heaven and earth given unto him, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What an extraordinary, wise plan of salvation that God has designed. That he could be both the just and the justifier that my sins would be paid for by an innocent substitute, the Lord Jesus Christ. He would suffer in my place. He would bear my sins. He would suffer the wrath of God Do me. It would fall upon His blessed head. He would cry out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That I might have intimate, personal fellowship and communion with this holy God. Uh, There is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave Himself a ransom for all, the testimony born at the proper time. What genius! What a wise plan of salvation! No man could have ever conceived this plan of salvation. No denomination could have ever come up with this. No, this is the wisdom of the ages. This is the wisdom of heaven that God has provided an innocent substitute to die in our place upon Calvary's cross. No wonder we read in 1 Corinthians 1 that we preach Christ crucified, foolishness to the Greeks, but it is the power and the wisdom of God unto us. This is the wisdom of God supremely put on display in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ.